welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. Hello and welcome into the Six Again podcast. I am one of your hosts, Adam, and I'm joined tonight by my brother, Kieran. How you doing, buddy? G'day, guys. Fantastic. Awesome Uh, to be back on. Brilliant. Good to have you. And for those who missed last week, Jared uh, is probably going to be missing for the next month or so with lots of things going on, hopefully moving house, having a baby, all that sort of stuff. And um, throwing it out there, we have a little bit of a competition. So... We'll have a game show towards the end of this episode. And then I'm going to throw it out to you guys, our listeners, whoever can come up with the best topic for our game show next week. Um, I'll be trying to send you an invite to guest host. So you'll be able to jump on and host with me for next next week's episode. Um, so I'll do a bit of a reminder of that towards the end. So yes, welcome in. If you're a new listener, welcome back. If you're one of our loyal patrons, um, Just a couple of housekeeping things. If you do listen to us on Spotify, which is our most used platform with regards to listens, we're now posting questions each week. So once you open up the episode, if you scroll down a touch, um, there'll usually be a poll question there. Last week was, should the NRL take games to the USA, Uh, which was being mentioned for a couple of years now. Um, And then the one before that was, whether you like the new Gold Coast Titans logo. So just to get some of your input and also a shout out to Andy and Ben, our two comp winners got their merch this week and both been very happy with it. So hopefully we'll see a picture of them in their brand new six again shirts pretty damn soon. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think Andy replied back. Can't wait to crack a cold one in the stubby cooler because they came out really well. And yes, I used mine yesterday for the first time at the bowls club holding a schooner two is old. Well, Sauntering the best back and forward. Drink. Yeah, best best lawn bowls drink. I say it reminds me of grandpa. And um yeah, fit perfectly in the 6 and stubby cooler and looking forward to getting some more of those made up. So give us a shout out if you would like one and we'll try to make it happen. Um so yeah, thanks again to Kieran. I hit him up this afternoon. With regards to jumping on, I did reach out to Jared, but he's in an airport. Well, he was at the time. He didn't specify which one. I assume it's going to be Sunshine Coast, and I assume he's going up to somewhere else in Queensland. So it was in Bundaberg and somewhere last week. I don't know. Travelling around. Yeah. Um, he's a busy, busy boy. Did see him yesterday. Did help us move the half pipe out. It's now gone. Um, he's back for three days, and you make him do some manual labour at your house. Well, no, no, no. I, I sent the message out with regards to – actually, no, I – he didn't even know he was coming down for my birthday. It was my birthday yesterday, but it was a two-part message. Now I have a bunch of, thank you, can have a bunch of mates come around and help move the half pipe. By the way, in the afternoon, we're doing lawn bowls for my birthday. He didn't even see that part of the message. He literally just thought he was coming down to move the uh, half pipe. So that's even better. Um, shout out to that effort. All right. Um, what's happened the last week? Melbourne Cup. How'd you go? Oh, you didn't know it was on, did you? I did not know it was on until someone at work <laughs> said it. I was like, oh, Jesus, the second priority. <laughs> and then at three o'clock, someone's like, did you see the race? I said, what race? Oh, damn it, forgot. Oh, no. man. I still don't even know who won. <laughs> it was a really, 
resounding win. The favourite uh, one. No, came second. So very elegant. Who ran really well last year? I believe came fourth. Uh, ran away with it. Well, it didn't run away with it. Ran over the top of them this year, but incentivized the Queensland horse that a couple of fellas bought out of a paddock like nine months ago, and has gone on to win four million dollars. Won nine races straight. Put it straight and threw in the Melbourne Cup after its Caulfield Cup win. Came second. And um, yeah, I put a box trifecta on with eight horses. And got first, second, third, and fifth. So I did pretty well. So I got really excited. Um, but I only put $12.50 on it because it was a bonus bet. And in a box trifecta, you pay per combination. Um, so it was going to give me 2.5% of the payout. The payout only ended up being 400 and something bucks. So 2.5% in the end ended up being about $10. And my bet cost me $12.50. So I picked the first three and lost $2.50 <laughs> on my bet. <laughs> yeah and then for the mckinnon stakes on the saturday i was like screw it last one of the carnival let's try and pick first four so i put in first four got first second third and fifth so i was like oh my god <laughs> i've done that so many times with the trifecta on the car oh i just just missed one and then literally i'd use up my bonus bets had like $10 left. I put it on a $7.50 horse to win on the last race in Geelong that I knew nothing about and it won. So I got 75 bucks and covered everything. Um, <laughs> so in the end, I spent $9 of my own money and like $60 in bonus bets from other companies because I signed up to a different one every year. So you get free stuff. Um, anyway, NRL. So Greg Inglis back in Australia and doing lots of things on and off the field already. We decided to start with him because uh, just this week, Greg Inglis has launched the Goanna Academy uh, down in, uh, at Maxville in the hall there. And it's the first Aboriginal-owned and run uh, mental health foundation in Australia. And mental health and mental illness is something that we know Greg Inglis is very passionate about. And we saw the problems that he had uh, towards the end and after his career finished in the NRL and he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder um, at the age of 31, I believe. And that's something, it's a pretty big bombshell to come your way at that age. And I'm sure it added a lot of things together and it helped him make sense of a lot of things. So he's doing that off the field, which is massive. And then playing for the Div 2 Maxville Sea Eagles in the... Um, was it the New South Wales two comp group two comp, uh, which is pretty exciting as well. So congratulations, Greg, congratulations to the Maxville uh, community. And he did state that when he was 15, he left Maxville, that he was going to finish his career there. And he's come back to do that. Uh, his father played for the Seagulls. His grandfather played for the Seagulls and he wanted to come back and finish in Maxville um, just as they did to get more people coming back and enjoying community rugby league. So good story all around there. I can't wait to see how that all plays out for Greg. That'd be awesome playing with him in Div 2. Yeah, we're talking about last week, would you prefer to be on his team or on the opposition? I'd love to play with him, but it would be pretty cool uh, opposing him too. I got to be a speed bump. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. It's like under eights again. Everyone, where's Greg? Just passing the ball. Oh, man, it's hundred percent like under eights. It, it's going to be absolutely ridiculous. It'll be awesome to watch, but 
wonder if they get this uh, also um, one cool and gutter or something. You might as well make the drive down. It's only three hours. Now for you. <laughs> Uh, also, when I'm starting the Guano Foundation, being the founder and uh, managing director, it's cool that he called it the Guano Academy after his trademark try celebration. Yeah, it's brilliant, and it, it's a it's a visual. He's do a lot of good work, and he's obviously been definitely in the forefront of mental illness in the last few years. So he'll have a lot of support going forward with it. Yeah, is I'm going to quote him here. He's um, talking about his pride in it being the first Indigenous program saying i just want to get out there and share my story about the struggles that i went through um, by me sharing what i went through i can give tips on how to handle themselves if certain things come up um, and to go and help and uh, go and seek for help and talk about it so obviously he wants to be taken into schools etc and he's teamed up with rich digital the sports consultancy founded by shane and brett richardson um, to help develop the program and like I said, wants to take it into schools. As Mudgee Council has also expressed interest in English delivering the Goanna Academy program, which is huge. Mudgee is quite a big council. Um, and then the other side of it is showcasing the skills and how to develop them with Riasa Sport and getting them off the streets and back into schools and playing sport. Now, on the rugby league side of things, I did not know this, but in that same comp, You've got Sam Burgess coaching the Aurora Valley Axemen. Clint Greenshields, ex-St. George player, is in charge of the Sawtell Panthers. And Brandon Coston has taken over the coaching reins of Coffs Harbour Comets. So you've got three ex-NRL players coaching and one playing all in that same comp. So I mean, in assuming there's going to be some pretty intense rivalries built up. All righty. Um, oh, the name Axemen. Maxfield? Yeah. Yeah. Seagulls. That'll be easy. It's, just, it's like my dream. Dragging us playing for the Seagulls. That'd be brilliant. And um, all right. Congratulations, Newcastle Knights. First NRL club that we know of um, to have every single player vaccinated. So they're back in preseason training. Uh, sorry, they're soon to be back in preseason training. And they're the only club in the comp that doesn't have to worry about vaccination. Oh, I guess we can call it Count St. George in that. They have one player, but that player's not in their top 30. Um, the NRL has not mandated that players must be vaccinated. However, clubs do have the ability to do that. And we've seen uh, Canterbury do that already. So those players who have decided not to be vaccinated, there are going to be restrictions in place. And the highest casualty of that so far will be Nelson Asafa Solomona, who's been very outspoken with not getting the vaccine on your social media and posting things about frontline health workers, etc. So while Melbourne's not back in training, it's generally the bottom eight sides that are back in. At this stage, he'd obviously not be able to leave Victoria. He wouldn't be able to attend home games or away games. He can't even attend training. So the impact that's going to have hit on him, uh, fitness-wise, skill-wise, and then the rest of the team is going to be quite large. Um, the other teams that are going to be affected, so say Newcastle and St George are in the clear, Bulldogs, Eels, Sharks and Seagulls are all reported to have a player unwilling to vaccinate, while clubs like the Raiders, Titans, Broncos have multiple players refusing to vaccinate. So yeah. we know restrictions aren't going to be lifted till on or around December 15 in New South Wales. So... Those New South Wales clubs who didn't finish in the top eight last year, um, so yeah, Canterbury, West Tigers, 
uh, St George, Cronulla and Canberra, they could go up to six weeks of not doing preseason training with their team, which is definitely going to put you behind the eight ball. Yeah, fishing outside the top eight, they're obviously the ones that need to get back and try and get on the front foot for the next uh, next season. And, and you think one, not easy until then. It's a few weeks they're going to miss out on. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what the clubs do here. And mm-hmm. at present, the Rugby League's Players Association are in intense negotiations um, with clubs attempting to not have clubs sack players who refuse to vaccinate, which is an option but instead decrease pay based on how many games they inevitably miss due to state border issues. Now, this exact same thing is happening um, on my hockey team in America. There were three players league-wide that refused to vaccinate. Two of them have been shipped out to Europe by their teams because they just didn't want to deal with it. Um, My guy is still here because he's one of our best players. So we had nine games in Canada. He can't go to any of those. And when they travel throughout the States, there are certain restrictions that he has to abide by. And for every game that he doesn't play and every day that he's not with the team due to his stance, he gets docked his pay for that day. So they have much more transparency with their contracts. So that could equate to something like uh, $1,800 every day that he misses. And you add that up over nine games and then the day either side of that, uh, you're looking at uh, 27 days, 27, 30 grand worth of your salary. Um, or whatever, I'm just making the $1,800 up. It could be more than that. It could be less. But that's the same model that it seems as though the RLPA are looking at. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. If they're missing the games and they're, not, and they're missing the training and everyone else is doing it and everyone else is getting paid, then I don't... I think that's a pretty good way of doing it. It's better than sacking people and putting them on a ship and putting them to Europe. Yeah, well, there's still ice hockey comps in Europe. That's why they do it. And they're not as high-level players. So my guy yeah. would be like... Um, Go send them to the Super League or something. Yeah, exactly. My guy, for an example, would be someone like... Um, I don't know, give me a team. Um, if pick Melbourne Storm, it'd be like Brandon Smith, that sort of level player. Yeah. Um, not being part of your team in a key position. So it, it, it's had an impact. The two games he hasn't played, we've lost 6-1 and 3-0. And it's made a difference. Um, where are we moving on to next? Okay. So NRL players and clubs are set to receive an early Christmas gift from Peter Vlandes and Andrew Abdo. So by relocating the comp to Queensland last year, and continuing the competition, while it did cost the NRL at the time $40 million to keep the comp going, it allowed them to keep it going. You add that onto the cuts that they made at the end of the previous season, um, it's allowed the NRL to turn over a $50 million profit for the last financial year, which is a massive step forward and a credit to the admin of the NRL. While we slander for a bunch of things like game entertainment and refereeing standards and uh, journalism, all that sort of stuff that they've had a hand in or whatever. <clears throat> Bottom line is $50 million financial profit is what's going to talk. That's what sponsors, et cetera, are going to be looking at. And what is quite refreshing from a fan's point of view, I think, is that the NRL has no plans to bank any of the money. They're actually looking at spending a large chunk of it. 
uh, increasing the player salaries this year uh, to to compensate them for, yeah, taking the 6% pay cut last year. On top of that, at least a million dollars per team, depending on how many home games were lost, will be put back into the clubs themselves. So you'd assume the majority of that would be going to the New South Wales-based clubs. Um, I'd assume that Broncos would have less of that in saying that. Um, Start restrictions at some time, so. Yeah. But to a lesser extent, anyways. Yeah, so that's awesome news to hear. We knew the game was on the brink of financial collapse before the players agreed to take the pay cut. I think financial collapse is a bit harsh, but we weren't in a great spot. Um, so this is awesome news. So players getting recuperated and the um, money going back into the clubs can only be a good thing. Um, that's a cool little thing to tick off. All right. What are you going on to now? The NRL draw, or what's left of it that hasn't been leaked, will drop tomorrow, so Tuesday the 9th. Um, the NRL draw and the NRL draw, NRLW draw will be announced on the same day at the same press conference and whatever and they've put it out on the nrl twitter etc um with a combined picture of the nrlw and nrl so this will be the last season before the dolphins join in 2023 and the comp's going to look the same as it did last year so 25 rounds one buy for every team on either side of origin one um sorry half before origin one half before origin three the second origin will be in Perth. The first origin will be in Sydney. The third will be in Brisbane. And the Perth one will be on a Sunday night and will probably be the last year that that will happen because when the Dolphins come in, it goes back to even sides. Um, sorry, it'll go to odd sides. It'll go back to a, I'd assume, a Wednesday night thing. And those weekends being opened up again to those test matches between Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, um, Papua New Guinea. Oh, that's what it should be. Yeah. Yes. State of origin and, and Pacific Island tests. Yeah, it's, they're some of the best weekends and some of the best matches of the whole season. And we are talking last week with Wall about Dean Witter's push and idea to have Australia's Australian team, the Kangaroos, perform in the unity dance before their test matches. We're talking about how invigorating and passionate those dancers are and how it always gets the goosebumps up on your skin and all that sort of stuff. So having that weekend back here with those test matches would be bloody brilliant. Yeah, there's um, not enough test matches um, in rugby league. Oh, yeah, I miss it. And it's the only way to grow the game and have it to grow. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you've got guys um, like out of Chasing Smiles and, oh, I forget. damn, I'm having a blank here. Chasing. I got it. You go, Kieran. Chasing Ruse? Chasing Ruse. I said Chasing Smiles. Footy Smiles and Chasing Ruse. Thank you. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, have their international T. jerseys. Yeah, Big T. Having the international jerseys page with some new jerseys dropping. And we can only keep the game growing by having these international test matches and giving it the world stage as it deserves. Otherwise you have things like what happened to poor USA in rugby, what, two weeks ago now to against the all blacks. Yikes. Um, no, definitely the Pacific Island test back. 
it's it's good because all the obviously Australian players get to play the state of origin and um and everyone else gets to play the test matches on the same week. It's awesome week in rugby league and everyone looks forward to it. Hundred percent. And it will be interesting because um oh no, actually not even gonna talk about it. All right. What we did have was the first, round yeah, yeah, round one has been dropped though. Yes. <laughs> we <Hell> have <laughs> It looks as though it's pretty much locked in. Um, the first game to kick off the new season will be Penrith versus Manly uh, at Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith on the 10th of March, so Thursday night at 8.05 p.m. And with the Dolphins in the news, this is coincidence, I'm sure, um, but we knew we know New Zealand will be based out of there, so it'll be Warriors versus St. George at Morton Daly Stadium in Redcliffe on the Friday, followed by Broncos and Rabbitohs. So in the first two nights, you'll have uh, three of the top four teams from last year in Penrith, Manly and South uh, and taking on the new look Brisbane Broncos with all their new signings. Um, I guess the, no offence to the rest of the draw, but there's not really another standout game that I see for the first round. Um, no, they're starting off with a, with a bang with the Panthers and Seagulls and then, it's pretty um, much nothing. Like, I was hoping for at least and, a big rivalry game or something. The Broncos yeah. Rabbitohs is going to be good with Adam Reynolds' first game. Yeah, um, Suncorp facing his own t- his old team, so I think that's going to draw a lot of media and a lot of attention. I think that'll be a packed out stadium and, first round back. Uh, so that's Demetrio's, a Demetrio's first game in charge of Rabbitohs. So no, it's not Bennett versus the Broncos. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty anymore. smart play to get those two together, that's going to draw a lot of attention. Oh, 100%. Like, before they even started talking about it, we could have said Broncos will be on Friday night. Um, that was, yeah. That's a given. Yeah. But I was hoping at least for, obviously, you know, it's not going to be a roosters Rabbitohs sort of thing because they've got certain dates that they play on and it's not going mm. to be a Dragons-Roosters because that's an Anzac Day thing. But I was hoping for another... Like even a Titans Cowboys or a um, yeah, another another Tigers Parramatta or something like that. But yeah, all the rest are kind of seem thrown together. But um, Parramatta, North Queensland, West Tigers, uh, Sydney Roosters, Canberra are the other teams that will get home games. And obviously, the other teams not mentioned will be the ones travelling. Now there is a bunch of random dates that have been leaked um, from round four all the way through to round twenty-five that we talked about last week, which will be the opening of the Sydney Football Stadium. But from a Titans fan's point of view, um, what games do you look forward to in the season? What ones do you have penciled in that? All right, if these guys are coming to uh, the Gold Coast this year, I'm going to be at that game. Well, it's always always the Broncos. Always like the um, the local rivalry. And always like beating Big Brother. Oh, we all came down to that last year, eh? Yeah, which we got that was a see. really good night. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That really makes good. sense. Yeah, have, and always have... draws big crowds. It's not far for Brisbane to travel down the down the highway either, so it generally gets a pretty good crowd. True, and you've probably got a bunch of Gold Coast fans that are that were sick of just jumping between every Gold Coast League team that didn't last and just end up going for the Broncos because <laughs> it was easier. Um, the Titans have been here long enough now that they've got a new logo and we were talking about that on the car the way home. Um, yep, new logo, new energy. New NRLW team too. Is yep. is there a random rivalry 
that the Titans have built with a team that the rest of the comp wouldn't know about. Because most of the rivalries are either um, geographical, like the Queensland derbies, or, um, or historic ones like Manly and Newcastle, or um, let's say Melbourne and Roosters of recent times. The Queensland derbies are always pretty good, but um, I do like watching us, us watching uh, versing the Storm, actually, because even well this yeah this year 2021 and last year we did push them very close um to that 75th minute they only beat us by a you know, try james campbell scored two tries against the storm uh stood up in his in his debut against the storm so it's it's not always a blowout with them so it is interesting seeing how we go against them um that's just from my my point of view we actually stand up to them pretty good yeah. sometimes we foster against teams we should should beat but um and it's good when, I guess, uh, not last year, but when the Seagulls came up and taking you down. Yeah, that was They've got a good memory of when, when, um, when Matty Orford was playing and Preston Campbell kicked the winning oh, goal. Oh, yeah, that one. That was the uh, oh, supposed trip. <laughs> the supposed trip. Like, we didn't get the penalty, then you guys get one. I was livid. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> who are the Titans bogey side? That you do guys just can't beat. Do you have one? Or is there too many to think? <laughs> too many to think at the moment. No. I'm trying to think. The Roosters oh, have towed you up a few times, haven't they? Oh, we should have beat. We should have beat them in the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah I didn't mean to bring that up. Sorry. Um, one one pass, and we would have been in. But um, nah, nah, I got towed up this year by a couple of teams. Eagles being one, Panthers. Oh, it's just it just oh, seems every one. team has a team that they struggle against. For Manly for a while, it was um St. George. Like St. George had yeah, us like eight out of ten games or something like that. And um I remember back in the day where Canberra, no matter how bad they were playing, they'd always beat St. George, which was weird. Um as a just a league fan, are there any um matches or yeah, matchups. Sorry, I should have said that you're looking forward to in the first, say, third of the season. You're hoping that these two teams verse for this reason. Now I'm throwing you on the spot there, but anyway. No, well, I think the the Broncos Rabbits one is definitely going to be highly uh, anticipated. I would be good to watch that. Still think the Rabbits are going to get the tout, um, get the get the win there, but it will be good to see. I reckon Adam Rill's going to make a huge difference. Him and Kate well. Um, definitely a lot more leadership around the park for the Broncos. Um, hopefully they don't go as good as the Titans still because I like being the best side in Queensland. That was a nice change. Being good. Um, Uh, Obviously, enjoy uh, definitely the Titans versus the Broncos. We generally versed them in the first few rounds. Uh, We have for the last couple of seasons. Um, It's nice to get a good, easy win under the belt to kick the season off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and yeah, Manly and Melbourne's always generally always a cracker. So hope, especially when they're out at um at Brookvale. So hopefully that is in the first few rounds. Yeah, I hope so. I really um, want with that rivalry. I love that rivalry, and it's kind of especially at Brookie because well, I've been down there before uh, for that rivalry, and 
And unfortunately, um, Melbourne won it with a field goal in the mm. 75th minute or something. But it's awesome sitting on the um, on the hill there, having a tinny of a full strength. It's always good. I think Manly need to have a um, – they need a villain. Like people – like still a lot of league fans just hate Manly, but when it was the Battle of Brookvale, you had Adam Blair on one side and uh, Glenn Stewart on the other side. Now look at the Manly side now, like with no Fanua Blake there anymore. I'm looking through the rest of the team and there's not really a a fighter, really, or, or an enforcer even. Oh, um, Ole's going in the boxing ring with Gallon, so. Yeah, but honestly, he's not really on the field enough. <laughs> and um, you need someone like, well, you don't need someone, but we don't have someone like a Hargraves or a Nafa or a Hetherington or someone like that, but yeah, yeah. maybe a bit more talented that's going to get in, yeah, get in and get into a bit like of a, a thug match. Shot on once a game or something, but yeah, it's just it's just a different. There's no, I don't know if the hatreds there between the players like it was for those few years because there's literally no one left yeah. except the four. Yeah, no Matto, I know Stuart, no Watmo. Yeah, like now nah, Tafur <laughs> will go up, he'll put a shot on, then fall asleep on the way back. That's just how he plays. Um. From a neutral perspective, I'm really interested to see how uh, Melbourne go against and any of the, say, top, I'm going to say top two teams in Penrith and South because I don't remember an off-season where they've lost so much uh, with mm. regards to um, talent overall and then look at who they brought in. I know, like, they've got Coates, et cetera, but um, no Fanuke in there, no Addo Carr there. I feel like I'm missing someone else. Okay. Uh, the guy with the, to me. with the always got wet hair. Oh, Nico Hines. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like with that amount and three players who had an in, integral role in their season last year, I really want to see if the rest of the team stands up. Um, and definitely against Penrith, considering how poorly Melbourne finished their season. Really excited to see how they verse each other uh, in their first game. And... And interesting sharks. I'm actually really interested to see how the sharks go with, um, yeah, new coach bringing in a few new personnel as well. Yeah, I was going to say St George for the same reason, not so much for the coach, but the influx of players. So maybe the first Cronulla St George game could just be an entire thing of confusion. Yeah, I think people St. George, not knowing who to pass George, to. Yeah. <laughs> I think St George's signings is a lot of um, trying to get bang for your buck. They're not expensive players, but they're a lot of guys that can fill fill holes. Following the Melbourne um, Storm formula. The difference yeah, is they don't have the marquee players up. already there. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. if they can transform them, that'd be uh, interesting. But uh, I think Sharks made a, fair, a few good signings. So Yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of them later. Um, uh, one of the uh, out-of-left-field signings, and Melbourne made one too uh, earlier this week that I'm interested to talk about as well. Um, all right, we'll come back to that when... <laughs> We have some more clarification next week. All righty. So pretty much outside of that, all the rest is pretty much signings news. So we're going to crack into that. Uh, Beforehand, though, there is a really cool feature article on NRL.com for West Tigers fans, um, helping you get to know Oliver Gildart, one of your Super League signings. And it's a pretty in-depth interview, um, things about what he's looking forward to in Australia, why he came over. It's always good to get to know your new players. Um, so just pointing West Tigers fans towards that. 
All righty. So, Kevin Walters. All I've looking forward to. Yeah, pretty much. And a new logo. And a new performance centre. But, yeah, on the field, ooh, we'll see. So, Kevin Walters um, signed a two-year deal in September 2020 to replace Anthony Seabold. We know that. His two-year deal was meant to finish at the end of 2022. So, that's the season coming. However, there's already been talks in to redo the contract. Now, Broncos with the new CEO, Dave Donaghy, are not wanting to make the same mistake they did with Seabold and sign long-term for big money and then have to pay him out because they're still doing that. Now, this is a very interesting contract with regards to Australian sports, uh, if it all comes to fruition as it looks as though it will. It's pretty much a performance-based coaching contract now we had something similar with nathan brown um, at the knights but this is a little more um specific i think so walters will be assessed on a performance basis as per any other staff member at the broncos however if the broncos were to terminate walters it's understood he would give, be given a three-month notice period which is what like half the season um mm. or a third of the season Yep. So it's kind of weird though. So he's a year into a two-year deal. They're already making this new deal and it's going to replace the second year of his existing deal, uh, which is even, to me, that's, more... That's strange. That's strange. It, it plays into the Broncos' hands because mm. if everything backfires this year, um, if these certain performance criteria aren't met, they could be saving themselves a lot of money. If I was Walters, I'd be going, this is a great idea. Can we start in 2023? Because I want the guaranteed money of 2022. Um, yeah, and a chance to build a roster that I want, that I can get um, judged. Yeah, judged 100%, upon. 100%. His first year, you know, coach needs to be there three, four years. So they can build the roster they want. They can get the team going the direction they want. His first year is still dealing with the past coaches so you can't be judging on performance review really for your first year or obviously how you bring the squad together and all that sort of stuff you can uh, um, but once you build that roster yeah say from 2023 onwards makes a bit more sense yeah 100 percent. like he's been real busy in this offseason as the club has but it's going to take time for those players to to gel despite their experience um yep. reynolds is going to want to run the team a certain way and the youngsters that have been there with different leadership from the halves, they're going to have to get used to that. Um, yeah, I just think it's odd time. I think that works in the Broncos' favour there rather than Walters, but we don't know, obviously, what's going on behind closed doors. So a little bit more uh, information on it. Attached to the contract are key performance indicators, KPIs, meaning Walters' salary would be boosted if the team made the finals, the top four, or won the competition as a few examples. Now, this is much more of a player-style contract that you see overseas and um, in American sports, if a wide receiver in NFL makes a certain number of catches, um, if someone makes a certain number of yards over a season, there's performance bonuses, et cetera, et cetera. You don't see it so much or it's not heard about so much. I, I'd, I'd say with regards to coaching, so it's be quite interesting. I'm interested to see if there's any actual details that come out, like the specifics and whether he feels the pressure. You see him feeling the pressure because he's not going to reach certain things, but I highly doubt that that will be released unless there's a leak. Um, yep. But yeah, something definitely to keep an eye on. All right. 
signings news. So the Dolphins are set to confirm their first signing. And while they're working away at their first marquee signing, that's tipped to be revealed in the coming days, their first concrete signing looks to be Harrison Graham on a development deal. Uh, so this guy was picked up by Peter Sullivan, the recruitment boss and coach Wayne Bennett. He's a junior with the winner Manly Seagulls and is part of the Brisbane Broncos system. He's a dummy half, earmarked for big things. So yeah. it looks as though because he's part of the Brisbane program still, it's understood he's on a development contract with the Dolphins for 2022 with the potential to be upgraded for a top 30 squad in 2023. However, they come in, so yes. However, he will remain a part of the Broncos system and is already a training trial contract with the Broncos in this current preseason in place, meaning that he could be snapped up by Brisbane for 2022, denying the Dolphins getting him for 2023. Uh, However, there's only one spot remaining on Brisbane's roster for next year, and there's six other players on a training trial deal including Levela Pulu and Tyrone Roberts. So it'd be a pretty bold decision by the Broncos saying, we're going to put this guy in for our 30th spot, literally so the Dolphins mm. can't. It, it'd be a great, would, I'd be so there for that chaos, especially if it backfired and he wasn't ready and it, they shot themselves in the foot. But the other side of it is we know the Dolphins are going to be looking around Brisbane and Brisbane have, so many feeder clubs. Um, some and of them they need to take it. Yeah, and they need a dummy half. It's the only spot they really don't have a backup. You can also yet. play lock-ins, under-18 Queensland. Uh, isn't it? Under-18 Queensland team. You play with Reese Walsh, Walsh and Xavier Coates. So he's, he's definitely old enough. He's got a couple of um, ex-teammates already playing in there else. So <laughs> but whether yeah. he's ready. Next thing. So, yeah, really... Really cool to see that. And obviously well, everyone's... Ben Teo's gone up there as well, Dolphins, isn't he? Yes. As a coaching consultant, I almost freaking flipped out when they said confirm their, new, their first signing, Ben Teo. I went, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but coaching capacity. So much better to hear that. Um, sticking with the Dolphins, it's... Um, how are we going to say this? Wayne Bennett's old South Sydney Rabbitohs contract had already prevented the Dolphins from taking players from the Rabbitohs for a period of time. And they're looking at something in place from New Zealand Warriors to the Dolphins is to do the same thing. So because O'Sullivan's moved from the Warriors to the Dolphins, um, they're putting this in place so the Dolphins can't just recruit a bunch of the New Zealand Warriors players that O'Sullivan had already brought into the Warriors, if that makes sense. Um, that from the coaching side because they're a feeder club? Well, no, Pedro Sullivan, who's the recruitment boss now for the Dolphins, when he was recruitment boss at the Warriors, he would have brought in a bunch of young players to the Warriors system um, in the hopes that in the next two years, three years, whatever, they'll break their way into the Warriors um, first team. Now that he's moved to the Dolphins... They're looking to put a contract in place that he can't take all those youngsters that he brought into the Warriors system and now take them with him to the Dolphins and basically strip the Warriors of the of the talent that he's already brought into their club. It's yep. the same thing that um, <clears throat> Bennett was in place with the Rabbitohs. Oh, if that all makes sense. So 
they've haven't got it like written up, but it seems as though the two clubs, the Dolphins, the Warriors, have got a friendly agreement, basically saying that don't just come and take all our youngsters because then we're going to be left with nothing and you brought them here to start with sort of thing. Um, let's hope they stick to their word. If not, Team Chaos will come out again and there could be some bad blood pretty quickly between those two teams, but I don't see that happening. Something to keep an eye on anyway. Um, on Titans, they signed someone's brother. Who is it? Basimawale. Basimawale. Isaac, little brother. Yeah, Isaac. Yep. Done. Um, he's training trial, I think. And we train with him in the uh, in the preseason. So mm-hmm. he's another another big boy. So the two Basimawales. <laughs> Good tongue twister if they're both playing on the field at the same time. Um, but that's uh, good. The Titans have locked up uh, uh, for Fetus Cousins as well um, previous on the uh, previous year. Um, so it's good. They're keeping a few of the families together, uh, which hopefully incentivizes them to, uh, to stay on as well. Well, we've seen how beneficial big, that's big been to a number so. of clubs around the, around the comp. Manly's had two brother pairings. We've seen the Morris brothers as well. Um, and they're like the the elite, but we've had like the Kalis brothers um, having a family member and the Brayleys before they were broken up at Newcastle and Cronulla. So Isaac was also out of the Melbourne system and he's moved up um, because he, like Tino, grew up just at the north end of the sunny coast at Gympie, in Gympie. And he said he wants to learn from Moe Fodawaker in the preseason based on his work ethic, et cetera. So he'll be on a development deal in 2022, um, although the club haven't confirmed which sort of contract he will be signed to. Um, so, yeah, exciting news there for the Titans and the Fasamoile family. Yep. All righty. Moving forward, we've got Jack Wyden. Um, <clears throat> da, 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 da. Sam Williams and Matt Frawley will remain in Canberra for the 2022 season. Um, so they do have halves depth because we saw what happened when George Williams left. Uh, Canberra pretty much floundered for the next month or so. Yep. But great, with, good competition with Fogarty coming down. 100%. You, I'd expect White and Fogarty to be the starting pair. Um, they've just got yep. more NRL talent consistency. But it will be good to have Williams and Frawley there especially around origin time um, with regards to White and depending on his form um, as someone who can step in there. And if they both have to come in, at least they'll probably be playing together uh, at New South Wales Cup level anyway. Yes. And, yeah, you put those two in the New South Wales Cup side and you go from one of the worst NRL halves pairings to one of the best in New South Wales Cup. Uh, so good news. They definitely Canberra. need depth. <clears throat> yes, they do. After this year, they definitely proved that they didn't have that, so... Yes. A, so, um, everyone had in the top eight and they didn't make it. Crazy. There's a few things going on, but that was definitely one of them. I'm interested in that name there. Um, all right. The Warriors have 12 train and trial contracts. And the highest profile name being Ash Taylor. Yep. Um, but there's also a number of players in there with first grade experience in Tom Ale and Jackson Frey. Other players uh, in there. Adam Cook, Garrett Smith, um, Jaden Corrigan, Ali Leotard, 
Liataya, sorry, uh, Jacob Laban, Zon Mayomo, Eric Vasfuomaga, and Dimitrik Sifakula. Uh, another name's jumping out to me here is Trey Fuller. Now, didn't the Titans sign a Fuller in the off-season? Oh, sorry, towards the end of the season from Queensland Cup. I'm going to see if there's a relation there. Uh, yeah, Trey Fuller, Queensland Rugby League. There we go. 170 centimeters, Redcliffe Dolphins. Appearance was 14, eight tries. So 20 tries and 45 experiences as a fullback. Yeah, I thought the Titans picked. Oh, there must be, you must have a brother because the other fuller came from the early program, I believe, because he's played with Jaden Campbell. Um, yeah, interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on that one. I just saw the last name. Anyway, fullback yep. for the Redcliffe Dolphins. Interesting one there. Um, Dragons have re-signed both Matt and Max Figo until the end of 2024. Speaking about brother pairings, they were joined by the likes of Shalyn Fuller, which we got Titans. Oh, Fuller, was it? Fuller. Yeah. yeah, Shailen Fuller. Okay, Shailen. There we go. Sweet. I knew I'd heard something before. There we go. Um, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a definitely a good signing for the Dragons uh, looking at their future. Exciting young, uh, exciting twins in the back line there. Yeah, I really hope they get more of a shot this year, but it's hard to see where they're going to mm. fit in, honestly. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know how many games they played together, but there's still only a handful between them, so... It's good pick. It's a good signing. So both off contract at the end of this season, and they could be yeah. talking to other clubs. Um, be looking at Dragons backline for next year. Like you got, they signed Moses Suley. You've got Jack Bird and Zach Lomax. So they'd be first three choices you'd assume at centre. Um, they've lost Pereira, but they've still got Ravalawa, um, Cody Ramsey. Um, uh, but uh, I feel like I'm missing someone. Jaden Sullivan, um, Atalato Amone. So, where they're going to fit everyone? Um, I, I Bird may be playing lock second row, something like that. But in saying that, they've signed a hell of a lot of forwards as well. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's good that they've got them locked up and for a period of time after this. So, they might already be looking in the future saying this is going to be another development year. Um, if you get the opportunity, you'll be in the NRL, but you'll most likely be in Q Cup, something like that. Who knows? But good signing there. All right. Dylan Napa may be headed to the Super League. Um, originally linked with the move of the Broncos. That was shut down because they picked up Ryan James instead. Um, may have been offered to England through the Catalan Drag Dragons with Hull KR and Leeds Rhinos also reportedly offering a contract. So there's no shortage of options there. It looks for uh, Dylan Napa to join a pretty oh. big uh, representation of ex-NRL players over there at the moment. Mm. A lot of offers, but they're all overseas. Yes. I'm not surprised. He has burnt out pretty quickly. Um from when he burst onto the scene, but yeah, yeah, um, definitely burst on the scene. And then I guess, well, wasn't even just his move from Bulldogs because he still played pretty well for the Bulldogs the first um, year or so he was there. And then, he, yeah, and then he's he, just gone down with the Bulldogs, I guess, and then can't even crack their side. So, 
It might have been one of those things where you've gone from a support player kind of like a Lindsay Collins at the Roosters to the lead, mm-hmm. the leader of the pack, and it just didn't sit well with yeah. it. it. Might have been too much too early. And more of this a second one, Sorry, yeah, more of a second fiddle player, an impact player. Um, mm. Well, if you had someone like Steve Price there still, uh, 100% he would have been, to, to me, he would have been as successful there as he was at the Roosters. But being the Steve Price figure is a different story. Yeah. So this is a pretty cool one. Um, an NRL captain who's off contract at the end of 2023 is reportedly being shot to rival clubs. Now, a name hasn't come out, but it's said that the captain's on a big money deal and is unlikely to see out the final year of his contract being 2023. That being said, the player will remain with his current team for 2022. Now, there's only three players in the comp um, that fit this bill. As a captain on a big money deal. Yeah, Daily Cherry Evans, Ben Hunt, Josh Jackson. Well, I'd be getting rid of Josh Jackson anyway. Send him to the Super League. Yeah. So wouldn't want him in my team, but I'll take yeah. uh I'll take the other two. <laughs> yes, I, I could see like Bulldogs fans going up in arms Jackson, if Josh so. Jackson's um going on anyway. He's, he's on 750-ish, supposedly. Um yeah, well you know Hunt Cherry Evans are on a million. So out of those three, I'd think Hunt would be the most likely. With regards, we just mentioned how many young backs that uh, St. George have at the moment with Amane and Sullivan um, probably leading the pack there. The Bulldogs. 2023, that's a Benny Queenslander, another link to the Dolphins for Hunt. Or Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, with regards to the Bulldogs, it's the kind Bulldogs. of weird. Like They might downgrade his contract with a few... I guess, and start looking forward to a, a future leader as well. Yeah, so to me that makes more sense. If if they wanted to create a roster spot, I could see them asking Jackson to retire from the Bulldogs now and go to Super League. Um, if it's about money, I could see, and they roster spot, they've got it there for Jackson. I'd see them keeping him there, but asking him to take a cut in order to be able to hopefully pay the younger players who have earned it by that stage. Um, I could see both of them happening. DCE, we mentioned last week that the chairman basically came out and said, Cherubins will be here and then he'll be moving into a coaching role. So that would yeah, be, yeah. he'd be public enemy number one uh, north of the harbour if he goes and turns around on that. So keep an eye on it. I, I'm putting money on Ben Hunt over those, um, slightly ahead of Josh Jackson. All right, the one that hasn't eventuated yet but is looking more likely is Luke Brooks to Newcastle to replace uh, Mitchell Pearce. Talked to Jared about this yesterday. Um, obviously, him being a Knights fan, he's open to it. Um, a fresh start for Brooks may bring out the best of it. May bring out the best in him is what Jared said, and the fact that he'll be getting coached by Andrew Johns uh, in the halves there. And I said, well, he was doing that for Parramatta, and look at their progression. Um, Parramatta's gone up progression yeah but with, like they went up and then they kind of stayed the same spot for three years and you look at their halves how much have they progressed with regards to winning games icing games you saw flashes we've seen flashes of their talent um, well, but, I suppose it's just 
they were wooden spoons the year before he got there, and now they're a consistent top four team. So that's true. Six team, I mean, yeah, top six ten. So he has done a lot there, but yeah, whether they've got the next, they could take that next step, but it's hard to take the next step when you got Melbourne Panthers, South, and Manly above you. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the Hubs position solely because that's who Johns has been working with. Obviously, like he'll have an input to other things as well if he sees it. Um, yeah. But they do Moses, have a yeah. similar combo to Panthers with Brown and Luai sort of being the ball running uh, free for all players. Yes. And then Cleary has a lot more of the organizational aspects of his game that Moses has struggled yeah. to do consistently. There's There's been improvement, no doubt, in his game, but there needs to be more if they're going to take that next step. They've got to be winning games that they were losing and winning games that they should have shut out halfway through the second half that weren't shut out, that sort of stuff, um, that Penrith don't yeah. let you do. And Cleary is a big, big part of that. So, so I think um, Brooks... And being with Pierce would be definitely a better option. So they're not going to go forward by losing Pierce. They're only going to go backwards. Yeah, 100%. Um, Brooks, I think he's obviously got talent. He's in the NRL. He's been there for a while, um, albeit the Tigers and haven't made finals for 10 years. Um, I think, once again, he's the second fiddle player. You sort of need a 5'8 to take charge. Yeah. Um, and lead the team around and just let Brooks do his thing because he's been the number one playmaker at the Tigers and, you know, he's not setting the world alight, but I definitely think he needs someone else there to push him along, I think, or take the take the spotlight off him. Yes. And let him I guess, see what he can do without um, having the pressure and being the one, the main man. Yeah, well, you look at um, Moses left Tigers, Tedesco left Tigers, and they've both gone up. Um, Brooks has been the one that stayed and he and the Tigers have gone down. So, yeah, second fiddle player. Um, yeah, 100%. Man Clifford. That's, mm. Mm. Yeah, it's exactly yeah, whether you what it is. Brooks at, mm. yeah, at five and, and put Clifford in the half. But then again, you, you're inexperienced, but Brooks does need to reinvent himself. I think it's probably best for both parties if he does. Yes, 100%. Um, does part ways talking about you know being stale? The uh, Tigers are one of the more stale teams at the moment. Hey, they have there, changed but... their logo. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll do everything. I can't. I can't. I can't really pay hey, Titans. <laughs> That's why I've said it. <laughs> um, now a signing that a pair of signings that have evened each other out. I'll say from what I've seen on social media is. Parramatta signing um, Mick Ennis and Paul McGregor as consultants for next season. So a lot of negative comments from Parramatta fans I've seen with regards to Paul McGregor and mostly positive ones um, from Mick Ennis, solely based on Mm. the fact that it's going to, I think, fresh was the word I use a lot. It's going to be good to have a, a fresh or a new perspective coming from Mick Ennis. We see that in his commentary most of the time. Um, he's, he's always been pretty good at that, the uh, the analysis, and he's pretty smart. I think a lot of ex-players have um, said how much they enjoyed playing with him because he was a very smart uh, hooker and obviously a very tough competitor. 
I'd love to hear him analyse the game without the agenda you have to stick to on live TV and working mm. for News Limited, etc. because he comes out with this awesome analysis and then he'll say something along the, long, along the lines of, oh, and so-and-so's already also had a killer game. And you look at the stats and he's played like 10 minutes off the bench and made two tackles. And you aren't like, are you throwing that in there literally because you used to play with him and he's a good mate of yours because you've done all this awesome yeah. analysis and then just throwing that crappy comment out that you 100% can't believe in. But whether it's we need to talk this team up this week or talk about this or whatever, it'd be great being in a training room and hearing him strip everything back without having to have that extra little crap added on at the end. So has Mary gone in as assistant coach or? They're both coaching consultants, it says. Um, so we know Andrew John's a part of them, uh, a part of the Eels. So, and the other side of it is a lot of fans from Canberra are saying they're going to miss having Ennis around because when he spoke of Canberra on the TV and on the radio, et cetera, he spoke with a lot of passion about the club and Ricky Stewart and what they're building and how he coaches them and um, how well he was working with the players. So those fans that I read was mostly uh, disappointed that he's left but could see it because it is a lot closer to his home. Um, as well, which is one of the key things for Ennis in that one as well. So, yeah, it just says coaching consultants within the coaching ranks. Um, the Paul McGregor one, I'm confused on, confused about, honestly. I could see the point, sorry, I could see the tie with him at St. George, being an ex-player there. Um, At least he's looking for a new job, but... Yeah. There's not a hell is, of a lot of enthusiasm is he gonna, is from he gonna, supporters. Yes. No, is he going to take? Is he going to help Paramount take the next step? That's I don't really think so. He was a very um, they had when he was in charge. They had trouble scoring. Yeah, um, was, which Eels usually don't have. It's the defense they need work on. So maybe that's what he's there for. They he amassed yeah. a seventy and eighty one record at St George, uh, which leaves a lot to be desired. I would have rather um, Shane Flanagan if I was a Parramatta supporter. Um, even oh, though no matter what club I was, really sorry, I'd be going after Shane Flanagan if I was any club. Yes, just obviously he's made mistakes, and you hope and assume that he would make those same mistakes again. But he got the hell of a lot out sure. of the same group of players at Cronulla that um, couldn't before couldn't before couldn't before him, and Morris didn't really get the chance after, to be honest. Um, so I think that gets us across the board with regards to everything going on, NRL and signings, etc. It's not a huge week. Um, with the draw being announced tomorrow, next week will be a bit bigger. And so we are going to do an overrated, underrated, favourite, least favourite. And just a reminder, in the poll, oh, sorry, we'll put it, we'll pose it as a question on Spotify. Uh, best answer that comes through as judged by Jared and myself. Um, we'll get in contact with you in Telba's guest host the show next Monday night. So I've got two options for you here. Kieran, um, breakfast cereals or zoo animals? <laughs> um, go zoo animals. All right. So 
for those who haven't um, played or listened to the overrated, underrated, least favorite, it literally is as simple as that. You get a topic. We have to say what the most overrated uh, object, in this case, animal is in that topic and explain our reasoning for it. And it's more fun when you act like a professional on the topic and come up with a justification that no one can argue with. So overrated, overrated zoo animal. Maybe I should have gone cereals. I know. Um, so overrated. And you're the guest, of course. I'm going to allow you to go first. All right, I'll say an, um, an overrated animal is a giraffe. Oh, Okay. Yep. Um, oh, I like giraffes. Don't get me wrong, but they just stand there. They just stand there. Like they're really tall, but they just stand there. And um, my justification is that when you go see them, you're only the you can see their legs, and you have to look up, and they don't really <laughs> do much. They sit there like, it's not very fun. Um, I don't want to pay money to come in here and get a sore neck. Yeah, I get, I get you tall. I get down to my get down to my height. In that bit, bit in the wild when they're galloping around, but um, I think at a zoo, a little bit overrated. I think a lot of people would be looking forward to see the giraffe. Can you do a giraffe noise, Adam? The giraffe knee, at least. No, Can I can't do a giraffe noise. noise. Oh, I don't, I don't know what noise they make. Yeah, me either. Maybe it's part overrated. of it. Um. <laughs> Over overrated for me is I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with hippopotamus. Um, yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I, I I did hear this on a on another podcast, but I 100 agreed with it, and I went, you know what? Yeah, they, they're an overrated animal because what are they? The most deadly animal in Africa? Like they kill more humans than any other animal does in Africa. And you're thinking like they come up against freaking cheetahs and lions and hyenas and stuff. And yet it's this floating big brown thing in the water, browny gray thing. It's meant to be this ferocious killing machine. You go to the zoo and you see its ears. Um, they might wiggle a little bit and then they go underwater. And if they don't have an underwater viewing station, you're just looking at a head. And it could be a rock, it could be whatever. And well, what's a send up a few tribesmen running across swimming across the water? I don't have to be tribesmen, like poachers, maybe. <laughs> um, I think the guy on the, the podcast uh, so, so, yeah, linked so it with the Jurassic both. Park thing where you where they lowered the cow down into the raptors um cage, something like that, just to I want to see it be this deadly killer thing if that's what it's made out to be not this like they're cute and everything but so both in the wild would be a bit better than seeing them at a zoo i think yeah it might be the thing about locking up wild animals for our amusement or entertainment i don't know um yeah so you don't yeah. like giraffes because they're tall and um well they're overrated because <laughs> they're tall and do nothing and mine's like if this is a killing machine why is it just sitting there floating um underrated um underrated I love to go see. Sorry. Um, I do love seeing the uh, the dolphins. What bloody zoo are you uh, at? Holy crap. I was at SeaWorld the other week. Is that a zoo? Oh, they're awesome. Is that a thing? Yeah. We're counting yeah. that as a zoo. I didn't, I didn't even go on any rides. I just went to see animals. So, yeah, it's a zoo. 
Okay. All right. We'll go with that. Um, dolphin. A dolphin's underrated, though. Like, I'm saying if you're going to a a water-themed Yeah. I, I was zoo, there two weeks ago. I'd say still zoo. blew my mind, and I've seen them before. No, I'd, I'd say dolphins are very rated, aren't they? Yeah, I'd say they're rated. First thing that came ahead, where I like to go see. Well, um, yeah, but that might be more of the favourite category, like underrated. Don't get, yeah. I think in like I haven't been to a zoo, a zoo other than that for a long time. So I've got, I've got two that I'm tossing up between, but I'm I'm going to go the one that I've actually seen at a zoo because I haven't seen the other one, but I think it, it it would be under. I just think it's underrated as an animal, but I'm going to go the um, cute little meerkat. I think I think meerkats are. Severely underrated because they're one of the few animals in a zoo that you see that are replicating what you see on TV in the real life. And they like, they'll get down and they'll scurry and run along the ground and then they'll pop up with their head and they'll turn and they'll do the same thing. And if you're up to the up close to the cage or the glass, they'll come up and say hello. Well, not actually say hello, but they're all curious and inquisitive and they're freaking cute and they're way smaller than you think they are. They're um, Australians, aren't they? Yeah, they're Australians. They only got character. Yeah, so crocs, yeah, the crocodiles take all the glory. Yeah, man. It's the Africa it's section there's massive. Like you got the savannah there with the giraffes and the um hippos well, and zebras and stuff. A bit more interesting there than at Tronga. Yeah, it, the and you're seeing there, and they're just like, and when they when they're having a rest, they're doing it properly. Like they're on their back, they're lounging out in the sun. Oh man, they're just this awesome little dudes and i reckon they're underrated i'd say a close second would be anything that you see and you're looking at it going is it meant to look like that like one of those um uh, what are they called they like that's like half cow half horse half zebra sort of thing um what <laughs> Like you look at the animal and you're like, oh, is it meant to look like uh, that? Because it looks like it's a blend of four or five different animals, and yeah. something that looks that whack and weird, yeah, should get should get more respect and more attention because they're a hell of a lot more interesting to look at than like an elephant. What do you got? Or do you, are you going to stick with? Are you going to stick with dolphin? No, uh, I think dolphins are pretty popular, so they're not really underrated. Um, I haven't been to a zoo for a long time. <laughs> I'm trying to find what this animal is called. I got really just typing I into the, I went to the koala sanctuary the other week, and I was so excited to go there. And we're looking at like sheep. <laughs> I'm like, I just love animals. <laughs> You're really excited um, to see koalas and you're looking at sheep. The sea turtle's really cool the other day, actually. Um, the seawall's got a pretty big one, so they just sort of float around anyways but it was actually swimming it wasn't just sitting on a rock like those like the freshwater turtles oh those nice. freshwater turtles are boring you got to get a sea turtle it was going around and then there was an eagle eagle stingray they look they look weird they've sort of got like an actual head what not just flat stingray yeah ah that's really yeah. odd yeah it looked so that looked weird i'm gonna look that up uh, right now yeah. so i can see what it looks like oh see there you go. I found the animal I was talking about. An akapi. An akapi. Okapi. That sort of animal where you're just looking at it going, what are you? Um, I'm going to get a picture of it and send it to you. And then you said, what, an eagle stingray. I've got to see this. Yeah, an eagle stingray. Because I've actually got like a head. 
Oh, oh dude. They're not, they're not, they're not that just looks flat. sick. Oh, yeah. that is cool. That was pretty cool. That's actually a really oh, it even looks like a bird at the front. That's whack. Yeah. Massive Oh, nose. cool. Yeah, there you go. That's my all right. All right, all right. Favorite, favorite <laughs> zoo animal. Yeah, I'm just gonna send you a picture of an Akafi while you're thinking just to distract you. Damn it, I sent you one that says Trey Fuller. Yeah. I forgot to actually add the picture. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're freaking awesome. See? It's like zebra legs, um, a Good horse back, head. a weird deer head, like shit like that. Go, man, you're underrated. I don't even know what you're called, but you look amazing. Yeah, that's, that's some, um, I don't know, some inbred animal, that one. I don't know what that is. Right. My, my favourite's pretty easy. I know it's a boring, pretty cop-out answer, but any any anything in the monkey family, anything just the howler monkeys that are so loud you can't hear properly um the big ape that runs around running the show the little apes that are annoying the big apes um again monkeys just come as advertised they're like sniffing their own butt they're sniffing each other's butt they're throwing fruit at each other they're making noises they're swinging around having the best time ever now there's if you go to a zoo and don't get excited about the monkey exhibition, get the fuck out. Seriously. They're just. They're do you like me a monkey show? Huh? I do like the monkeys when they're playing with each other. Run around. It's oh, yeah. Good. They're playing tag. They're annoying the parents. It's just. And then the big ape will get annoyed and just pick one up and throw it away. And it's just <laughs> hilarious. So just, you'd sit there all day, just grab your popcorn and just watch the monkeys. Yep. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, I'll have to go. Yeah, I was, I'll stick with the dolphin on my seal shows. I like, they're yeah, pretty cool. Kieran <laughs> only goes to aquatic zoos. <laughs> Bring us yeah, snorkel. I just remember it blew my mind what these dolphins are doing. They're like three of them. They go up and do a full backflip and then land and they come up and do a full front flip, not just like up and down, a full flat, one and a half front flips. Like front flips are very impressive. Yeah, and they did backflip and then they shot the instructor and went underwater and then shot her like 10 meters in the air and then pushed her across the whole lake. Like, how fun would that be? Like, that's pretty cool. For, for the dolphin or for the instructor? Both. Well, for the instructor, <laughs> I'd love to do it. Get thrown up in the air. And... <laughs> I really cool. hope so. So that's sort of something yeah, they're doing more Vera in the land. Vera cried every time. They, Vera cried every time the dolphin jumped out of the water. Like, that's the best bit. <laughs> That's uh, Kieran's daughter, my niece. <gasps> so cool to say that. Attack of the dolphins. Attack of the dolphins. <laughs> um, oh, flipper. Flipper. I get it. Um, least favourite. Everyone uh, favourite, least favourite. Oh, mm. uh, I don't know. I, I, lo- I love the animal, but at a zoo, they're pretty boring. They just don't do anything like snakes. I love I love snakes. I love looking at them, but they just every time you go there, they never move. They just lie there in a circle. Like, cool. That's a really That's a good answer. But yeah, pretty much like any of those reptile enclosures. They're yeah, just... I still lo- I still love looking at them, but I know snakes only move when they strike. But we'll see yeah, it's just like it's another one of those real life ones. Here's a snake um, exhibition. It's just out in an open it's curled field. up in a circle. Yeah, it's, it's an open field, and they just release a crate of mice. 
and you see all the snakes go nuts. Yeah, Something that like cool. that. Uh, I least favorite. I even like watching the jellyfish. They just yeah, they can, like change colors and stuff, and they just like blob mm. around. Um, I don't know. I just I don't really like birds, like the bird exhibitions. Like I like the bird yeah, shows, the ones that you can stuff. like, the ones that have character and personality and stuff. But the birds that just walk around the zoo and they're actually part of the zoo, like they're walking around like they're in the place. They shit on the they shit on the um pathway. Um, they'll come over and try and take your food, and then you actually go into one of the walk-in cages, which uh, is great. Nice. And they're all sitting right up the top of the bloody thing. So you go to look up to see this bird, and all you see is all their butts and their tails. And then you try not to get shot on before you get out the other side of the cage. Um, and then you look down and see the picture of the birds that are meant to be in there. And you're like, well, they look really cool. It'd be sick if I could see one. And because they're up in their fucking nest, like 15 meters above you. You're like, well, I could get a bed at the I don't know. I just don't, I don't see the point. <laughs> I just don't get it. Just, like you go to a bird show, like Tronga Zoo, they do an awesome show. And like the parrots have to come in. They the fly eagles around, still like, yeah, and the eagles and that's cool, but when you got to go in there and search for them yourself, and if you're more scared of being shut on than actually seeing something, um, I don't think it's a good ex. I don't think it's a good. That's not what I pay to see at a zoo. I want to actually interact with the animals, not get shut on by them, or step in it because yeah. they've shuttled it. I don't know. But yeah, they're our favorite, least favorite, overrated, underrated zoo animals. And so. <laughs> If you're the lucky or unlucky one to guest host next week, um, breakfast cereals may be the option or someone might be able to come up with something uh, better than that because I know my breakfast cereals answers are going to frustrate and annoy my wife something fierce um, because we argue about breakfast cereals quite a lot. Um, (laughs) Anything else from your and Kieran before we might wrap this one up? Um, No. No. Yeah, not a hell of a lot going on, but yeah, next week, like I said, we've got the draw to talk about. And obviously, we're going to have more signings to talk about. Coming up, yeah. Dolphins might have signed their marquee player by that stage. There might have been some other player movements, the big names haven't been snapped up yet. Brendan Smith being one. And a lot of rumors going around, and uh, some of those rumors might be locked in by next week. You never know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Until then, guys, uh, stay safe. Your life, start getting Christmas presents covered and all that sort of stuff so you don't have to do the whole rush thing three days beforehand like I always do. Until, yeah, (laughs) that's just how we do things. All right, bye. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.